0: Make a joyful noise for the Lord, all the earth. Share the Lord's flesh. Come into his spread into the sheep. Know that the Lord is God, and He who made us. We are, his. we are His people, and the sheep of His pastor. Enter His gates with thanksgiving, and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Name. for the Lord is good, of his steadfast love adores friend and his faithfulness to all generations. Well, they are so, so cute. Um, the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Holy God, send your spirit upon us, that as your scripture has been read and your word is proclaimed, we may hear with joy what it is you have to say to us this day. Amen. So my office is the best spot in this whole building. This may be a controversial opinion, because this room's pretty great. The South Parlor is very cozy, but my office prime real estate. Some of you know where it is, just down at the end of this hallway. And not only does my hallway door open right by the entrance to the west side of the preschool, and when I'm stuck at my desk at least, I get to say hi to my small friends all day long. And if I'm lucky, one might sneak right in for hugs or to play with the big stuffed duck, Dr. Quack. But the windows behind my desk also open straight up onto the playground, where I get to hear mostly joyful noises. Sometimes they are sad or mad, but mostly joyful or funny or sweet. I can hear children, I usually open my windows. I can hear children learning through their play, exploring their world and their relationships. I can hear children testing limits and boundaries with their teachers, figuring out their place in the world through imaginary play. You be the monster, and I get to be the hero. And practicing important life skills, like being patient when you have to wait your turn at the slide. I've had many people come into my office and say, Wow, I don't know how you get anything done in here with all of that noise. And it can be loud, but I like it. And let's face it, I raised four kids, so I'm kind of an expert in tuning out kid noise, but I love it. It's a song, all that noise, it's praise. It's God's promise of new beginnings and new life and eternity, all running around on poured-in-place rubber and fake turf. But my favorite moment of playground play is when a class first comes out onto the playground. That first burst of excitement down the ramp or through the gate is one of pure joy. Now, they are taught, if they're coming out the ramp door, not to run down the ramp, not to push our friends. But once they have safely navigated the ramp and are free, it is a mad scramble for cars, bikes, slides, and toys in the toy box. And that is what I think of. When I hear the psalmist cry, enter God's gates with thanksgiving. Enter God's courts with praise. Now, we might be tempted to consider that entering into God's presence as something that is solemn and in need of decorum. But I think it's something like those preschoolers busting onto the playground with screams and giggles on a beautiful Colorado morning. It's pretty perfect. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to push the idyllic idea that all children are always a vision of joy and laughter. (laughs) Many of us are parents or grandparents, and we know this is not true. Of course not. They are as complex in their emotions as any of us. In fact, not too long ago, I was singing our beloved We Worship song, If You're Happy and You Know It, with the kids, and one of the hedgehogs said, I'm not happy, I'm mad. Fair. No one likes to be told to smile or be happy when they're feeling not that way. But unfortunately, I think that sometimes we can interpret this psalm, Psalm 100, as saying just that. Be happy, be glad, be grateful. Don't bring any of that sadness or grief or anger into your relationship with God. And I have definitely read enough commentary on this psalm and heard sermons that do promote that idea. Be happy, plaster it on then you can be in God's presence. But I'm not sure that kind of positive toxicity can really fly these days. Or maybe it never really flew. In a world of mass shootings, divisive politics, and war, how can we just be happy? When the news is yelling at us about the more than eight thousand people dead as a result of the Israel-Hamas war, with over two thousand of those people being children? How are we to be in the Lord's presence with gladness? Just paste on a smile and pretend that the suffering of the world doesn't have anything to do with our life of faith or that our grief or questions or doubts don't belong at church? I would argue that the psalmist, in fact, is telling us something very different. Biblical commentator Stan Mast says this As I read and reread Psalm 100, I began to hear it as a protest song, a countercultural protest song against the negativity of our culture. We are a clamoring culture filled with competing choruses of criticism and complaining, anger and sorrow, pain and braggadocio. Did I say that right? I don't know how to say that. Um, Black and white, rich and poor, Republican and Democrat. We are a people divided. There are a million reasons for all the unhappiness that grips the United States and our world, but at the root of it is the fact that so many are worshiping the wrong king. Or, as Walter Brueggemann, my favorite Old Testament scholar, writes, obviously our world is at the edge of insanity and we with it. Inhumaneness is developed As a scientific enterprise, greed is celebrated as economic advance. Power runs unbridled to destructiveness. In a world like this one, our psalm is an act of sanity, whereby we might be reclothed into our rightful minds. Life is no longer self-grounded without thanks, but rooted in gratitude. The psalmist then is reminding us that in the midst of the insanity of the world, we can find a moment of saneness in a hope that God made us and we belong to God. Did you hear Beckett in his blessed little lispy words? We are his, the sheep of his pasture. As sheep in God's pasture, we are part of a community that is beloved and sacred. And even though the world is not as we would have it to be, God is. And in that is not a flimsy thanks, but a deep gratitude for each other, for God, for promises of new life. And hope for tomorrow. For the past month I have been going into each preschool classroom twice a week to help teach the kiddos our winter program songs, which will be performed on December 15th, one of the best, most chaotic, most precious days of the whole entire year. And I think that all of the classes are genuinely happy to see me when I arrive. But especially the chipmunks, I'm not quite sure why this year. For some reason, the teachers and I have to remind the children to stay on their spot in the carpet and I will come to them. Otherwise, they will all run in for hugs as I enter and potentially I fall and break a hip, right? So after we practice, I go to each of them and I ask them, do you want a high five? want a hug and they get to choose what they want if they want nothing that is fine most of them want both (laughs) they are so happy to see me every day it's the sweetest thing one day one morning it was not a wednesday or thursday when i'm usually in there to sing i stuck my head into the chipmunk's classroom just to tell miss christie and annabelle something really really quick just hey and one of the students lit up and said, are we singing today, Miss Reverend Sandy? Later, I said quickly, it's not our day. I was feeling in a hurry, I was feeling businesslike, and I really felt too busy to answer this child's question. And she just looked at me and crossed her arms and said, then why even are you in here? She's right, you know. Why even enter the room if it's not for hugs and songs and love and thanks for each other? Even in the midst of so many other things, there's always time for hugs. There's always time for high fives. There's always time for deep gratitude and thankful hearts. I pray these have been the words of the Lord for us this day. Amen.